Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Well, hello and happy Tuesday, September 5 already, 2023. Hope you all had a great uh, Labor Day vacation or long weekend, I guess is the way to say it. I sure did and sure enjoyed it. Went and saw a, a movie, a Christian movie at the theaters. Not that many people had gone to it. I recommend it highly. It's called The Hill, the H-I-L-L, The Hill. It's a baseball story, which I love baseball stories. And the, the premise is a, a young boy who is basically a cripple, wants to play Major League Baseball his entire life. And he walked through the whole thing till he's an adult. Dennis Quaid is the, is the A-list star. He's pretty much our Christian star these days. If you can get Dennis Quaid... It can be a pretty good Christian movie, so he was—he's been in a lot of them. Um, anyway, I recommend it. Um, it was very good, very uplifting, very—you know—you t- taught you a lot, made made you shed some tears, all of that. So, hope you'll enjoy that one. Uh, let's see, uh, what do we want to do? I want to show you a, a clip of the wells that you are investing in for the kingdom, and uh, so here's that. Clean water comes to Zimbabwe, Africa. Hi. My name is Tumezwe Ninjovu. I'm a pastor and a church planter. In 2005, we planted a church at a place called Inyati. And as we were preaching, a witch doctor gave his life to the Lord. And that gave birth to the church that we drilled the ball on. And this is just something outstanding, something that will propel our vision and gospel even further. This community, as I speak, is a different community and will never be the same. Everyone is talking about it. Yesterday, school children came in numbers to witness the drilling. And today, we installed the pump. We saw the water coming. People are just happy talking about it everywhere. This is something new in this community. They've been traveling like uh, 16 kilometers to get some water, but now it's a matter of uh, opening the tap. We put the tap for the community and the tap for the church that they'll also grow some vegetables there. Our community now knows the love of the Lord. I want to express my gratitude to Steve and Elijah Stream for the support you are giving to our communities. All gifts are valuable, but water is life. Thank you so much. May the Lord continue to resource you. Amen. Would you consider giving towards the drilling of water wells? Donate online, elijahstreams.com slash donate. Or mail a check today to Elijah Streams. 525 2nd Avenue, Southwest, Suite 629, Albany, Oregon, 97321. I love what he said, too. You know, you can give money, you can you can send clothes, you can do all things. It's like he said at the, just before he went off the, uh, the camera, he said, all gifts are valuable, but water is life. My goodness. And he said something like people were walking or traveling 16 kilometers. I don't know if that's one, eight kilometers one way or another or in back eight i don't know that sounds like a whole lot of walking you know we if we have to walk across the house to get something we would we feel so inconvenienced to have to go across the other part of the house to get water i mean they have they don't have any water in their homes 
until they walk miles and then get it. So thank you so much for sowing it. These, we are literally changing lives on the other side of the planet. And God is very pleased with what you are all doing, what we're helping you to do. So thank you again and again and again. Some of you may know some very large donors that would want to sow in so we can do even more. Um, we, we must be, I've got to get the latest number. We must be getting very close to 200 wells we've dug. Every one of those people come to the Lord because of those. So Thank you again and again. All right, I'm going to play uh, for you a clip from John, um, from Robin Bullock from Saturday Night. I'm going to set this up for you because you'd only see it once. Of course, you can replay this later, but you'll only see it once. And he begins to talk about uh, wicked mayors. I don't know if he used the word wicked, but mayors that God is completely not pleased with. And he said, God is going to judge many of them he said, even in their bedroom, and he talked about if you as a mayor told the police to stand down instead of protecting your cities, uh, God is going to judge you if you don't repent. Now, that's some of you will send these to their mayor. Some of you will just know somebody, and you can forward it to a sister or a brother of the mayor if this applies to that mayor. And then I was watching this live as uh, Robin said it, and then he said, he's speaking with God's voice. He said, and I'm going to start with Oregon. He said, Oregon, the way most people outside Oregon say it. But he said, I'm going to start with Oregon. And then there's going to be this dark path across. So um, now that you know what to watch for and listen for, it's about a four-minute uh, clip from Saturday night. So here's that. Then I will grant you a promise. But then I will tell you of what's coming to cities. For wicked mayors across this land, my America, that gave themselves into the times of shutdowns and COVID. They gave themselves to be used as plans and they stepped back and let jackal bands run over their cities and cost my people and my America injury. Those mayors will be judged those mayors, lest they repent, will be judged in their bedrooms. In their bedrooms they will be judged. For harvest is coming for the seeds they sow. For they told the police, stand down. Stand down. Those were my ministers, says the Lord. They were my ministers called to protect the church. And you told them to stand down. Now you will stand down. And you will have to step down. For I'm beginning in Oregon. I am now beginning in Oregon. I am now beginning to show you what will be. What will be from sea to shining sea. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
for I'm going to nudge mayors out of office. Where, where, says the Lord, where, you may ask, it will follow the path of the totality of darkness. And I will shove them out of office and nudge them out. it will follow that path so that you will know hallelujah and if you're a mayor and you're hearing this or you hear this and you and you're related or a friend of the mayor and you want to tell him this there was one statement if you, that that he said if you don't repent you'll be judged even in your bedroom uh, if I were you I'd take that very seriously and if you're a mayor and you did that and you said you told the police to stand down while your city was be, being uh, rioted and destroyed. Um, I don't know what form that repentance would take. At the very least, it would say, Lord, I did wrong in your sight. Forgive me. At the very least, in the privacy of your room, you should say that. If not something publicly, I don't know. God will probably put it on your heart which way to do it. He'll know uh, if you said to him, Lord, I'm sorry I did wrong. Please don't judge me the way I deserve to be judged. And he would probably show some kindness instead. All right, that's that. Uh, very sobering, but uh, please take it seriously. All right, it's time to bring in Johnny Inno Unfiltered. So here we go. 1349 hours, declaring it a riot. My message hasn't changed. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You must from now on target darkness in your society. We are almost there. The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for your children. How's it going, Johnny? I don't know. Did you see that clip about uh, the mayors? That was uh, that was really interesting. Uh, it reminded me, uh, perhaps some didn't know what Robin was referring to when he said the path of totality of darkness. I forget how he said it. Yeah, something like that. But, but back in... Was that 2018? It was um, August 21st, uh, 2018, I think, when we had, you know, it was uh, the 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 acclaimed uh, um, total um, that eclipse, right? An eclipse of the sun, and so there was a path of darkness, and, and I was trying to remember it right now. I think it was like 35 miles wide, and it came all the way from. It was right by you. Uh, Started in Oregon. It literally yeah. went over our house and there was like a mile or two or five or six on either side of our house. <laughs> you know, that's sobering. And if but, you, yeah, I was going to say, if you look at the map, it's starting up there in the Northwest. And then it, it went across the whole nation. I, I uh, gave a word about it being a, a, the Lord telling of a seatbelt that he had for the nation. Cause it looked like a seatbelt across the nation. And it ended up in, in Charleston, uh, South Carolina. And there was a, a uniqueness of that path of totality is that there were sa seven Salem's beginning with Salem from uh, your state, Salem, yeah, Oregon. Right up the road from and, us. Yeah, that's kind of where it started. And that came out, I think the last Salem was Salem, South Carolina. I didn't realize it, but, you know, the odds of that seven Salem's were in were in that path of uh, the totalitarian. Totalitarian is not what it is, but the path of totality of... Uh, no, he said that, and I thought, I wonder if he's talking about that eclipse. And I didn't say anything because I thought I didn't have a chance to 
ask him, but I'm glad you said that, Johnny. Well, it has to be that. Even if he if, if it snuck out even prophetically, that's what he's talking about. And he's talking to, um, you know, even the mayors that particularly in that in that stretch. And so people could look at it again. I think it was around 35 miles wide. And what is unique about it, beginning right with, we'll say Elijah's streams, is I was also shown this was like a path of the uh, the prophetic over this nation that was interesting was providing a, a safety belt you know uh, uh, like you would see a seat belt as you're as you're riding and if you start in that in that path i don't have to do my hand where it can be seen but we'll say um that path has it was where you're from and then omaha and then kansas city and nashville and ultimately, it was amazing, all the prophetic... Oh, well, went over Nashville, too? Went over your area? Yeah. We wow. were here at that at that time. And I, it, it was... I don't know if it was specifically Nashville, but right around... Uh, I think it was Nashville. So you, you, hit, you have some uh, significant yeah, ministries that, in that pathway. That, that is go. amazing. And, you know, Salem is the state capital. If anyone that doesn't know that, uh, I'm just letting you know, Salem is, is our state capital. It's up the road from us, or up the road and slightly over uh, Easter, Easterly. And uh, there were two cities that I know of. Maybe there were more, but Portland went crazy. That's two hours or 90 minutes up the road. But Salem is just up the road, and they had Antifa and riots there too, not to the degree but for um, compared to the size of the city, it might have even con be, been considered more of a release of wickedness in their streets. Uh, so I don't really know that much about how bad it got in Salem because I didn't. You know, when I knew Antifa was there, I stayed away from Salem. But those two cities, for sure, uh, Antifa was let loose. Yeah, I, and if, if I remember correctly, going by memory, because it was a few years ago. Yeah, I gave you know it was a, a word of hope for the nation that there was. Uh, despite you know the things that were coming, there was a seatbelt for the nation, wow. and the prophets would see it and would prophesy it, and that's that the security was in that. And of course, Salem is uh, shalom; it's not just peace, but well-being. And so that's the fact that seven of them were hit was like beyond coincidental. How in the world do you do that? And you have a, a, a very narrow path all the way across the nation. Again, like looks like a, a seatbelt that's put over. Uh, an individual and it and it covered it all so and i think it was um if i remember correctly it was like 821 august 21 and it and it went with romans uh creation groans and travails for the revealing oh what do you know i forgot about that johnny man that's very pivotal i'm so glad that you were doing the show when i ran that clip because yeah. i had forgotten that you had prophesied that now you know it all comes flooding back now but i yeah at the, in the moment so yeah, it was a powerful. It was a powerful experience. Is one again that's the Lord's usually speaking in any kind of um, news story that particularly would be garner national news, and that was a national news. It was international. It was a world news event because of the unusual nature of it. As a, I think, a minimum of a hundred years, we've never seen anything like that. And there's some aspect of it that there's never been seen that sort of. Uh, um, um, appearance and the uniqueness of, uh, of, of, of what took place. I'm trying to remember all that. Yeah. And you know, when he said, you told the police to, he, he said, you told the police to stand down. He, he said, they were my ministers. In other words, the police 
work for the Lord in the way he's saying it. They're there to keep the peace. They're the, you know, they don't carry the sword in vain as we, as Jesus talked about. And, and you told them to stand down. And it is fascinating because that part where the, where Antifa was released and riots went, that's only two, two and a half years ago, something like that. Yeah. And, and a couple of mayors just told them to stand down, you know, and that's like, but isn't it interesting that, the Lord waited two, three years, however long it's been, probably closer to two, and then said, then he says, now I'm going to release this word through a prophet. Yeah, it's yeah. fascinating to me. Well, and we are going to see, I think that is something that is coming out of the prophetic voices, probably to the point where, um, you know, we can get tone deaf, deaf and think, well, okay, when, when, when is the word justice? and the coming justice and the justice reveal. And, and so we're going to keep saying it. It's happened in measure. It's happened behind the scenes more than people know, but it will be made manifest in this kind of way. And I, I do believe we're going to see leaders of, uh, of cities, leaders of all kinds of agencies that were also fomenting and advancing everything to do with uh, a fraudulent reporting both on on this thing called COVID and the cures and suppressing cures and telling people they they can't do it. It's amazing. I think yesterday CNN of uh, you know, this this has to tell you something is shifting. Is uh, at least this is when I when I saw the the piece and it's either from yesterday or the day before holding Fauci to account saying, but th the science shows you were wrong about the supposed safety from wearing masks. And so if, if CNN is um, ready to be telling that, then there is significant shifting behind the scenes. We know this is happening at the same time, that this is still their plan. They are, they are working. You can, you can see it behind the scenes in ways that um, if, you, if you pay attention, you have uh, a couple of universities have reported too many COVID things. And so they have now um, uh, gone back to COVID their, their COVID policies. And then there's, uh, they're starting to announce, you know, there's one baseball team that has uh, four pitchers or something that had COVID. And so they have oh, to do Oh man, already? Yeah. And so they're trying to bring it back. But my hope is that there is enough um, awakening now taking place. You know, it was, it was the, the Cincinnati uh, Reds. And so but the fact that they're they're bringing it in um, into the narrative in different ways, and I think they're they're floating it to see how the people respond to it because um, it's like is everybody supposed to forget that the COVID really um, the protocols that they that the government and the medical community encouraged if not demanded are those that were the most deadly protocols. And the ones that they would not allow, things such as hydrochloroquine and ivermectin and other um, remedies such as that, they would not allow those to be revealed, leaving you to conclude that they were either dumb as bricks or they're part of an intentional um, maneuver to injure and kill people. And so there are going there are going to be uh, um, the justice price is going to be massive and it's going to be rolling out for years. 
It's already happening, but it's going to be rolling out for years and years. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Because it it was hugely sinister, but it still remains the only, their primary pathway by there, we'll say New World Order, Illuminati, whatever. Their pathway for depopulation, um, at some point, I think a bunch of them are waking up that um, the assumption they've always had that they're going to survive is starting to, um, they're starting to have a doubt about that. And those doubts are going to increase and increase because they're not going to survive. Uh, yeah, they're not going to make good. it. And so that's, 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 that's where we're going with this. Yeah. And I, I just, I'm glad you also brought that up because I hope people will get a stubborn backbone, get your back up and, and don't put on that mask. Um, you know, unless you absolutely have no way to fly home and they make you put it on the airline. I'm hoping that airlines won't do it this time because it's already been proven unconstitutional in the last one. What is that? What are you lifting up here? What does that say? Oh, go higher. Never again. There you go. There you go. And we're going to show you our T-shirt, too. You just did you guys just make that? No, actually, um, somebody sent it. And I, uh, you know, I thought, well, I like the message. I love that message. Pretty yeah, good. we're going to announce our T-shirt here. Like We've, it's actually been sent in uh, to be made, so we'll have them in a few days. Yeah, don't ask for them. the one I, I'm, I'm. The one I, I said is just it, it just goes with what Steve just. No, said. no, I mean they're they're, they're, they're all good T-shirts. You know, no, no worries. There's room for everybody on that. But I mean, I appreciate that. But yeah, yeah. I'm I'm going to be act more an more of an activist. I mean. I'm not out and about very much, but I'm here and I can make this available publicly. Everybody has to no, do what right. they can do, you know? We have to we have to resist. President Trump has gone on the record strongly in the last week or say Rick was so saying don't comply. <laughs> so he's at least uh, we'll say hinting with that that they may be trying to bring back uh, some shutdown and they'll they'll do it in you know, a first stage is will we will we just allow them to keep talking about COVID cases? Um, and, and so, and that, you know, there's protocols of safety and, and at least stay out of public for seven days, things that seem reasonable and they'll, and then they'll just keep trying to to stomp on it as, you know, the earliest possible moment. And, and, um, and we played that pressure on our city officials as soon as possible. I, I understand there's eight to 10 states that have already made statements banning, uh, from the governor's uh, office banning, and I don't have them in front of me. I probably shouldn't have brought it up without it, but banning any enforcement or an attempts to enforce masks or distancing or all these things that didn't work at all. So anyway, you were saying, yeah, you know, and, uh, you know that was the the governor, the female governor is the daughter, I think of, of the one who had been governor. Now I can't think of her name in Arkansas. What's, what's her name? In, oh yeah. Um, okay. If you hadn't said that, I would, I yeah. know it. Sarah, <laughs> Arkansas, uh, what, what is it? Mike, what is it? Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Well done. Mike, yeah. Mike's daughter. Yeah. Mike, yeah. And so she said, we're, you know, there's like certain states and she's one of them that is, that's going to make it non, nobody's going to be allowed to give them a mandatory mask or a mandatory shots. It's going to be disallowed in their state period. And so thank you. Um, I think I put her, I think I put Sarah Huckabee Sanders on my website, at least if I didn't, I'm not sure if I got it up there yet. I think I did, but I can't remember. Well, we better jump into whatever you want to cover. I know we got lots of important stuff. So, well, and I will tell people we did get a number of questions. It kind of 
ran into, um, you know, a line of questioning. I probably should have foreseen it, but some comments I made about uh, Billy Graham. We're going to get back to that and oh, try good. to make yeah. clarity. And and then, um, but what I wanted to start with, it really it does fit in and tie in even with what um, what we're just talking about uh, right now, and it goes coincides. Uh, last week I showed. Um, just that when I came from Colombia, one of the things that was given uh, to me was, let's see, um, this, the art, their top artisan from the seven mountains for this one church. And it says in Spanish, Jesucristo, juez justo, justicia y juicio son el cimiento de tu trono, Salmos 89, 14. So you heard me in Spanish. Yeah, but that yeah. is uh, Jesus Christ, the just judge, justice and uh, Righteousness and justice are the foundations of his throne, Psalm 89, 14. And I was bringing up this thing of the gavel has been the message since the first week of January when I was walking on the beach. The Lord showed me the gavel and we shared last week already that this ties in with the Daniel 7 ruling on behalf of the saints. It's time for them to receive the kingdom. And so this is something the Lord is emphasizing over and over. And so this... Uh, this person from the mountain of arts entertainment says the Lord told me to make this and give it to, and of course they speak Spanish. They have no idea of my messages uh, from, from this year, nor that in the two days right before we connected, that was a top emphasis for my messaging. So I had, um, while I was in Colombia, um, I had been told by the pastor there that really he said it's the top intercessor if if not one of the top, I'll say her name because I love it. Her name is Esther Victoria, that she had had a prophetic word and and um, for me. And so I, she was able to give it to me quickly in Spanish when I was about to go to preach. And it was so powerful. I said, I need this. I need you to show me. She said, no, we were with the intercessors. The Lord had us gather around certain articles Um and mm -hmm. and so and we were we we got prophetic this prophetic word for you and it goes into you know prophetic it's it's for me but there's such so much application for the whole body of Christ just like when we shared those things from last week and the wine of abundance and the cup that we we talked about so this is a um this is her now telling it in english and um and so it's about a 3 minute clip but i want to comment on it after we after we see it, but you're going to again quickly see this thing of the gavel, and and so I and we're going to, before you show it because I've seen it too, and so let me recap what this is. They had gathered around as intercessors, prophetic intercessors, in prayer around these implements, kind of like a uh, signs and symbols that they were. In other words, so people don't think this is too weird. They put these symbolic things that that, that they were making a point about the gavel. Well, it's go ahead. Even more intentional in that they were they actually felt to be praying for me. Okay. And so they gathered for me and what they're used to, these intercessors, as they are, the Lord has them from they have all their artifacts, we'll say yeah. all prophetic artifacts, and to begin bringing them. And and so it didn't start with artifacts, it started with bringing me before the Lord yeah. and what the call was. So then they began to put the artifacts together with it and and again i don't think most of them know what i've been speaking this year but i was it was 
I was blown away by it, but it goes it goes into everything we're talking about as well. Okay, so here we go with that. Have that ready. There you go. Perfect, Johnny. I am Esther Victoria. Um, as we talk today, I'm going to share with you the elements that the Holy Spirit placed yesterday in the overnight prayer meeting that we were having to declare over your life as a trumpet for the nations and as uh, the ministry of what God has given you in Rice and in Colombia. But um, here is the symbol of judgment and God's kingdom has released judgment upon the earth. In this season, there is a chessboard in which God is moving and he is um, in this season, the world and the nations with the prophetic uh, clock, which is Israel and the light that is the um, symbol of the seven candles or also seven mountains and the blowing of the trumpet of the awakening for this new season and the unlocking of truths that has been in the Bible, Holy Bible for many years. So as I told you, um, rice is um, part of all of these elements that God is bringing to you through this um, video and we intercede, we have been interceding for this specifically for the blowing of the trumpet and for the not just rise but arise with the A as I mentioned to you for the awakening and the awesome power of God to be released on earth here on earth as it is in heaven and the sounding of the trumpet the blowing is part of the awakening and um, God has been unlocking through the ministry that God has given you truth for the establishment of God's kingdom and the queen in the chessboard is the one in charge and with the greatest freedom in the chessboard in the spiritual battle but the king of glory that has brought judgment and his kingdom will be released here on earth as it is in heaven. On behalf of the nation of Colombia, we want to thank you for coming because this is a season of war and the nation of Colombia believes that for such a time as this you have been brought into the kingdom. We bless you and we thank you for your willingness to come. And Pastor Camilo, gracias, thank you very much. Praying for you, for the new season, for the new awakening. Blow the trumpet in Zion. 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 God bless you. Bye-bye. Very good. Well, I have the trumpet in Zion. We can blow in just a moment here as well. I suppose we should do it. But it's 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 such a powerful message, even in those three minutes. And it's a message for the body of Christ as to what we're to carry. and and so there's a yeah, a uniqueness. It was interesting when she was telling me in Spanish, she says, the Lord has you as a chess piece. And I've had that word before. And I've Ooh. had different, um, different, you know, at times there was like the Lord has you as a bishop. Ooh. And um, I don't know, as a rook. And there was like the movements you could make. But 
the the queen she says he has you as the queen and i think it's a message this goes with the the gavel uh, the book of Daniel, that there is a ruling been made on behalf of the saints, which is the bride of Christ and which is the queen, the mm. true queen. Um, and that there is um, no, you know, there's nowhere you can't go. So that's the, the queen. Just I'm not uh, definitely I'm not a chess player. I know some aspects of it. And and so the the, the queen, yeah, as she said, it has the most freedom and it does. It can go any direction, any angle, any straight. Uh, path. It's just there's there's no rules except as long as it's got a path, you know. And it has, yeah, right. So it's the most powerful, um, it, the, the most powerful piece on the chessboard, and but it ties into obviously he is he's the king, and and um, but it, I was looking at so you win in chess by threatening the king with an inescapable capture. And therefore, you have a checkmate. And so, and that's the idea. Of course, the reality, our king will never be captured. Yeah. Um, it is a fruitless chess game. The enemy is uh, playing against us. But he is calling, the part for everybody is he's calling us to step into this place of uh, being the anointed saints and think of ourselves as the bride of Christ, the queen, one that. Yes, anywhere we see his name being threatened, his position being threatened, we arise. He's given us the power. We stop thinking of whether it's the deep state or, you know, uh, NWO, in any way you want to put the enemy. We sometimes have him as if he is uh, he or she is is the queen. But he's telling us we have the power position on the board. That's a message I want to get out. We have the power position on the board. And so uh, the ruling has been made on behalf of us. And, and, and what's unique about um, the game of chess, it's a game with no chance. When you look it up, there mm. is, I thought there was at least a percentage of chance. No, it is mm. literally um, whoever wins, it is because they outperform the other. There is I never zero. thought of it in that way. I didn't realize there was no chance. You, yeah, you don't roll a dice. You don't spin a spinner. You by your wits, you win or lose. So we are in a no chance chessboard game, and and it is absolutely rigged on, in our favor. Uh, but it requires us stepping into the roles that we're called to step into. If we don't know we have the power position, I think those who play chess enough know that you can not. It, it, you can underperform in executing what you need to execute to win by not realizing the power uh, you have on the board, the uh, critical error that the enemy has just made and opened himself up to devastation. And I think the Lord's emphasizing that um, with this, with this prophetic word. And again, mm -hmm. the gavel is there has been a ruling on behalf of the saints. This is why any type of, so I'm hitting it over and over and over and over again. We cannot be in a passive mode we cannot be wow we're going down the drain the enemy's the one that's high and lifted up and it is we we cannot mm. be in that uh in, in that mindset at all or we're going to miss what's going on and it's a time for the trumpet to be blown and it's about declaring this message and that's yes part of my assignment i'm declaring it i blow the shofar in a practical way but I, the, the blowing of the shofar means trumpeting a message and we're trumpeting a message that this 
is the era of the kingdom. This is a time for the saints of God to arise. This is a time where they will occupy. They will receive the kingdom because they are contending for it. So any narrative, any old um, uh, moldy, um, to be discarded narrative eschatology that wars against that, we need to recognize it and we need to uh, be getting rid of it. And in a moment, that goes into why I was saying the things I was saying from a week ago um, regarding even the, uh, you know, the comments on Billy Graham were never really designed to be. Um, it wasn't an expose on Billy Graham. It was just ex uh, explaining for those who, who didn't hear it. You could. It's how even the uh, the the chain of advancement of a message of where the rapture message was in, essentially invented. John Nelson Darby, the father of predispensationalism, um, really his own stuff from 1827, 1830. He really uh, secured it more. And then he connected with um, Schofield, with the Schofield Reference Bible, and, and, and it came out in 1909, but funded by Masons. He was a member of Schofield of the Lotus Club. And so then I was bringing up that uh, Billy Graham him, him, himself was there significant evidence that he was uh, a Mason and an advanced Mason. That's I'm going to people who weren't happy with last program. So you can't just say that with validating it with some more um, material. And so I'm, I'm going to do a little bit of that okay. because you, you, you uh, those of you asked for it. And, but you have to realize even before we get into that, that, you know, it is a secret society. And so secret societies have, a built-in disclaimer, and you're not just going to find, a, I think there's somebody, and maybe more than one, like I called the Billy Graham Evangelical Association, was Billy Graham ever a Freemason? And they said, no, well, you're, you're never going to hear, um, you know, someone advertise or admit um, secret society. That's part of the things you, you, you swear into um, is not yeah, they take an oath never to talk about it, never to admit it, never to. So, yeah, and there's like horrendous curses you proclaim on yourself. And yeah. not only that, in those curses are if somebody else finds out that you did, they have the right to come, whatever, tear your tongue out and, and you know, put a knife in you and all kinds of uh, way more gory things than that. But let me get just get back to this. So, there's a trumpet, there's a gavel. There's the chess pieces, and so God has an advanced chess game going, and he's positioned us for victory. So we don't want to be with any other kind of mindset other than a mindset of a victory. Key to Revelation, she had that key on the Bible. I think this is available for all of you. I've been, that that's what my focus has been, the book of Revelation. Um, and I don't know, I don't think they've known that I've been speaking into that um, this year, those intercessors from Columbia. And I haven't been sending any of my messages translated into Spanish or whatever, but we've been going into the messages that uh, others have said, tell us that we're headed towards Antichrist or in days in that kind of way and pointing out how that's not the case, how this is the revelation of Jesus Christ and his victory. And so not to repeat any of those messages, but that truly has been what's taking place. That candlestick, uh, there's seven blazing flames of fire around the throne, which are the seven spirits of God connected to the revealing of his nature in the seven mountains. And that becomes uh, the assignment. So I think in that, that little picture she had, it really, um, boy, it's an establishment of the narrative for the body of Christ in general. It's like a new look, a new look at, at 
things that have kept us from entering into our promised land. And so being willing to make the, uh, you know, the hard look at, at things and part of what we're going to say in the next little bit, you know, if you've been, um, if you just championed and loved certain songs and certain uh, messages that all of a sudden are being exposed as, um, as, as not the, the message that we needed to hear for years and years and years in the body of Christ, this can be a little bit hard, but it's, it's time for hard truths so that we can make the adjustments that, that need to make. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. When I say songs, even, you know, I was writing down just songs I, I had heard from my, uh, this is uh, deviating just a little bit, but um, that I heard growing up that just, and how they were just constant, um, championing of, of the rapture in different ways. And um, uh, I, I remember this song, I still have my memory from my childhood. I want to go home from this world of fear, kind of getting tired of living here. I want to go home where the winds of sorrow never, never blow. Getting ready today, moving out tomorrow, going to say goodbye to earthly sorrows. I'm looking forward, my mansion there. I see the light. I'm almost there. And he goes, I want to go home where dreams come true. And I could I literally feel again, there was like a hopeful thing, because if truly it was right around the corner, then that would be something to to sing and, and be sustained by. But I was singing that 50 years ago. And most all the adults of that time that were singing that did not ex, did not experience that. And, and you know, those who've been exposed to Southern gospel, there's another song. I'm getting ready to leave this world. I'm getting ready to leave this world. Uh I'll fly away. This I grew up this yeah. first I'll oh, fly glory. away. Some glad morning when this life is over. Yeah. It's too much. I'll fly away. Uh, uh, I'll see you in the rapture. Um, that song. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Uh, I've never been this homesick before. Um, again, some of these, especially if you're a little older, you'll remember these these songs. Another, ready or not. And then how about swing down, sweet chariot? Yeah. Uh, um, you know, let me ride, rock me, Lord, rock me, Lord. Come and come yeah, and a bunch of those. You know, and some of those. See, here's the deal, um, Steve. On that, there's that one uh, particular. There's there some that came. They were like the Negro spirituals, and. And so when they were enslaved, there really wasn't much hope for them that yeah. they would ever not be free. And so what they what they grabbed onto is that, you know, either one day, which is going to be true, one day they'll be with him or that he was about to come swing down low and rescue him with the with the rapture, uh, you know, because it was breaking loose. And, and that that was a message even appealed, appealed to them. But we have to understand that we kind of did. We've done the same thing they did. And, and that we have yet, you know, if things seem tough and the, and the New World Order Illuminati looks too strong and you looked at the enemy and the giants in the land are too much, it's like, well, you know, Jesus must be about to come. And, and so we start singing, I'm getting ready to leave this world. And, and it's not about what we were just talking about, where he said, you're the dominant chess piece out there in the game that I already have rigged on your behalf. And I want you trumpeting that message. I want you operating presence and power and carry me into every area of society. And, and so we want to realize how we've been infiltrated. And again, I'm not going to blame the psalmist and the songwriters because they're going to essentially write 
what they're hearing pulpited, you know, from from the pulpits, that this is something that uh, is so thoroughly um, has marinated us for decades and decades. We don't even realize how it's been an all points bulletin coming from your songs, from your messages, uh, um, from your uh, Christian stars. A, a, a narrative that is not the narrative that God has for us. And so I have to, by order of the Lord, I have mm. to keep pointing that out. And I know I interrupted you were about to say something there. Well, no, I mean, I, I probably lost that particular one, but I mean, I remember that uh, during especially trying time in the Schultz family, several, my, you know, my uncle would die, my grandma, and we experienced death in our family. And a song that was really popular playing in those days in Christian circles was I'm Homesick for Heaven. Uh, seems I cannot wait. And then there's one, um, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Did you ever hear that one? My treasures, my treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And there's always be, it's painful here. It's wonderful there. It's bad here. It's good there. It's awful here. It's wonderful. And there was never a victory here. It was always, basically we had the John MacArthur standpoint without ever having heard him say, we lose here. We already felt we lose here. We already taught we lose here, you know, so. No, and right on. And so we had, you know, going back, we'll say to the slavery time period, the white masters loved the Negro spirituals, them singing those songs. Sort of like, they're not going to, there's going to be no uprising. They're just going to count on being rescued from this. Interesting. And, And so it's the same thing right now. The NWO masters they love hearing the church sing about this rescue that's going to come because then we don't do what we're called to do the weapons of our warfare are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds and you know there's kind of two options there is practical revolt and that again that's why the white masters would be um um, content and them just singing there's no no revolt no revolution in it they're not going to up they're neither going to uprise nor are they going to take on in prayer in decrees, the bringing down the power that they would have in a spiritual way or in the power to even organize and revolt is sort of been, uh, we'll say, is zapped. Um, the energy from that has been neutered by this. No, he's about to do the the rapturing of us because uh, this is this is how the narrative goes. And so we see this same dynamic taking place. So it's time to awake from that. And when you've been doing it all your life and you heard your parents doing it as well, it's kind of hard to awaken to that. And so, you know, that's why we're going to talk back in just a moment again on the matter to do with Billy Graham, because that's the connection of what I was bringing up yeah. is how this narrative was advanced and how it was championed. Um, but, you know, I, just I mean, your point that. on the, your point on that one to just to restate it in other words is he got caught up in the same theology and he, and the Baptist was it this Baptist or the Southern Baptist? What was it? The, who was it that picked up the whole rapture? Um, well, the Southern Baptist became the mainstream for it, and 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 I'll hit on those in just a moment. Okay, people ask for a better uh, research on it. I gave some um, just quick, I'll say almost offhand um, details and comments on it, but I just want to uh, uh, make a point, you know. Can you imagine Caleb singing, um, I want to go home from this world of fear, kind oh, of getting wow. tired, when he's called to lead his people yeah. into the promised land? 
into a manifestation for us, into a reveal of the king and his way of doing things on planet Earth. Can you imagine what that does if you have someone called to lead, leading instead in that type of song? And if you can imagine David singing, I'll see you in the rapture when he shows up the day he's supposed to look at the giant and say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? So we want to recognize the sinister nature of this infiltration into the body of Christ and how it came. And whether the individuals themselves were sinister or not, that's in God's uh, in God's hand. Were they true believers deceived in, in, in carrying the narrative they had or were they paid? We know there's more infiltration than we can imagine in the body of Christ by those who seem sincere and seem um, to, uh, you know, to be authentic, but really are working for the dark side. If we understood that the NWO, the New World Order, the Illuminati have always understood that there can be no one world government if they don't have a one world religion. And so they had um they have always put lots of money and attention into putting things together that that bring that about now i know i missed and maybe i'll have to save my show far blowing for um a little later i kind of lost the moment there didn't i i was talking about it but we're we'll we'll, we'll go to a moment where we'll blow the the show far and 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 see how the lord what he wants to do with that right now but so I will go right into, let me make sure, first of all, that I finished with that, that vision. And, um, and so the last thing, the chess pieces, you know, they're always white and black. And so that's what's going on. It's the kingdom of light, the kingdom of darkness, and it's God's kingdom. Um, and just for clarity, because light, the enemy tries to take that, that word as well. And it's Illuminati, illumination and Lucifer and the light and one. So, no, none of that kind of light. We're talking about the light as reflected through Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and what they what they what they release. But things are um, they are going into a black and white uh, directive and direction right now, and so that's part of the awakening. Is is chess pieces we didn't know hmm. uh, where they were, whose side they were on, are being yeah. are going to be revealed. A lot of them still are in. Um, in disguise, we'll say some of them, there's the good guys disguising themselves as the other side, but there's going to be a, re- a reveal <clears throat> on that. So back to um, what we were talking about on, on Billy Graham. And I just want to preface it, what I know and, and, um, and then go from there. That's mainly what I want to do is just leave some information and say, you make, you make the call based on what I'm telling, what I'm saying. I won't try to steer you into considering um, him anything other than um, than what I'm revealing to you. First, everybody should know that um, Billy Graham, he went to Wheaton College when my parents were there, Jack and Gladys Enlow. So they knew him there. And my mom's sister actually dated Billy Graham. Oh, wow. So we have that connection. And my my grandmother, my dad's mother, Lucille Enlow, um, was an incredible intercessor. She was a woman of God, and um, and and they didn't have the term intercessors really established there. There was a lot right. of, you know, Pete Wagner. I think really brought that as a term, but um, 
a case can be made, and I don't see anybody else that's stepped up otherwise, that my grandmother, Lucille Enloe, was actually Billy Graham's first intercessor. And um, there is, you know, it's in a book how he would meet family members and ask how she was doing because her prayers are so important for this ministry. So first of all, people need to understand that, that we have, a, a, that I have a long history um, between family and friends being connected with uh, Billy Graham. So I don't have this animus towards him in, in any kind of way. And in fact, you know, uh, it's, it goes in the other direction. Mm. And so I had to be told some things. And, and so I have been told some things I have, um, particularly someone so close, um, to Billy Graham and that I've known for many, many years that I can't, I say for, you know, their own safety, security, whatever, I, I'm not saying who that person is, but when I speak to you, the things that I speak to you, um, there is at least a portion comes out of, um, we just say someone very inner circle, um, for many, many years, um, with him and, and, um, it would even be more credible if I told you who it was, but I can't do that. Yeah. So <clears throat> here's the deal. Um, even again, my grandmother, Lucille, um, she was a woman of God, but part of, um, you know, in her notes, I, I have, um, her son, David, my uncle, David, um, was co-writer of the Alliance witness and he was co-editor with AW Tozer. So they were close. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, so we we have a history here. But wow. he wrote a book and on um, Lucille, because she was a woman of God, on his mother, on my grandmother. And he would tell, um, you know, about different things. She had an extensive bit of notes on the rapture. So she had already been, and this is would be in the 40s and 50s, 1940s, 1950s, that she's already embedded with the ideas of the rapture. And... One of the things she loved to do is give her boys and anybody that she um, that she thought God was moving on Schofield's reference Bible. And again, to tell once again, until the Schofield reference Bible, until I called it intentional marketing was taking place, this perspective on um, that is now the commonplace rapture uh, theology did not exist. It was. If it existed, if somebody can prove it existed, it would be such a slim, not even 1% uh, um, knowledge or advancement of it in the body of Christ. And so this is something, it began with John Nelson Darby, went Schofield. Around around what year, remind people again, what, about 18-something? Yeah, 1830. Okay, just for, for reference, okay. Yeah, 1830 is we began to take off, but it didn't really take off until... And, and John Nelson Darby did, a, he was a prolific writer. And so he advanced it every way he could. He, he started what was considered by many a cult and a sect, um, the exclusive brethren and then Plymouth brethren. Oh, wow. <clears throat> and he was, so he did pretty good, but it wasn't until um, uh, Cyrus Schofield, who was never, he was never, um, he, he called himself doctor, but he was not a doctor. He never went to seminary and there's like no reason at all when you look at it, why he would have been given this position of being 
um, the one that advanced this message. And so you see it happen through marketing. He was a member of the Lotus Club. He got funding and financing and John Nelson Darby's. And, he, and there was kind of a tricky way they did the Schofield notes where it kind of just looked like it was part of the scripture. They just they would have the scripture and then you fit it in right there. And so to the if someone's just given a Bible and say, read this, oh, wow. they're told, this is scripture. This is his commentary. And, and Johnny, real quick, you've mentioned the Lotus Club a number of times. And I think you've done it as if we would know whether that's not a good or, or but what is the Lotus Club? I mean, without getting out, way off, just real it's quick. It's just one know. of those secret society groups okay. that has a lot of sinister stuff associated with okay. it, at least at the high level. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and so, you know, there's probably some commentary people can come in there and say why that's not really desirable, but that's going to be connected to the Freemasons and the high uh, Masonic uh, okay. level. And um, so I'm, I'm admitting my own grandmother thought it was good to advance um, the rapture and to advance um, the, the Schofield reference Bible. My first Bible was the Schofield reference Bible. So I, that was what I was given as as my initial point of uh, of, of reference as wow. well, and it wasn't even what my my father believed by that time. But I think it was just maybe perhaps an available uh, Bible that take place. So um, Billy Graham was, and I don't know if I have I'll have it exact, but I, this will be pretty exact. Is thirty years old when he started his crusades. Again, he graduated from um, Wheaton College. And um, he really he had not moved the dial. He he was not a name. He he went to he was always he was uh, bold and you know was considered a self ultimate self promoter and mm. not to add to it. But Harry Truman, president, when he uh, met him, you know he said he's one of these counterfeits. All he's interested is getting his name in the newspaper. Whoa. So this was. He had a very aggressive, boisterous way of advancing. And so he was he bought this big tent for thousands and 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 for three weeks in L.A., he had just sparse, embarrassing crowds. <clears throat> but it came to the attention of William Randolph Hearst. He the father of Patty Hearst, for those who remember that <clears throat> story from years and years ago from her kidnapping and. Now, William Randolph Hearst was, um, you know, owner of the Los Angeles, at, um, it is Times, isn't it? Los Angeles Times. And he also, in 30 different cities, he owned 29 local t TV stations, two national radio stations. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> till it's still, if you looked at all, you know, I probably looked at it in 15 different sites and ways of looking at it. Why did William Randolph Hearst? fund Billy Graham. It's still unexplainable because he actually showed up to his crusade with his mistress. So it, it wasn't like Hearst, Hearst did. Yeah. Okay. So it, it wasn't because he was, you know, we'll say buying into the message okay. and he was not a believer. It is. He was, it's, you know, it not only was he a high Mason, he was a Knights of Malta, there's stuff we've been to the Hearst Castle and, and there's some more than questionable things of darkness there. You can actually feel it still uh, in California, those who've been there and storylines associated with it. So why did I, and I've talked about Billy Graham being a 32nd degree um, Mason, really the, the report is, is a 33. 
Um, and, and so that, and that, that's supposed to be a time when you're revealed to actually be supporting this, um, Illuminati world agenda and, and your service is not to God. You're, you're told the light is different than what you thought. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. And, and so that's what makes it so questionable as it re- relates to uh, Billy Graham. This is as good a time as any to tell people. Based on where I go with this, whatever your conclusion is on, on Billy Graham, and I do not know what his last years were with the Lord. I do. I believe he is in, in heaven that he would have closed um, in, in good standing with the Lord. And, you know, the, the millions that came to the Lord and because of, of his messages, he's going to get some reward for it as well. And so that's not the part uh, I want you to be shaken from because then some were saying, well, if he was a Mason, then, that mean my salvation didn't work. Uh, I got saved under him. And I have friends who were saved under him too. Yeah, so me too. That, yeah. And so, no, it, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter the purity of the messenger one way or the other. This is just a good message for any of you. Um, whatever, whatever it is, you can get healed. You know, there's been healing evangelists out there that they're kind of their life ends in ruins. And, but if you got healed, you got healed and you don't allow mm-hmm. the enemy to steal it from you just because, um, you know, the minister uh, fell from a standard he's supposed to keep. So this is just good, something to remember moving forward. I remember we've told you about a church, even we got, I was sued for $24 million um, from uh, a mega church in, in, uh, in, in the state of Georgia. And it had to do with confronting the bishop, the leader for having, um, you know, being involved in multiple uh, sexual liaisons and different things like that. And here's the deal for, uh, I was with him for five years where I thought he was the greatest thing. And mm. he with, he would, you know, ministry time with tears down his come to come to Jesus, honey. And they would stream by the scores and I would be in tears. They're in tears. They legitimately got saved. And he did that. But at the same time, he's doing that. He's actually messing with a seven-year-old girl. We didn't, it was a rumor at the time. But then when she's 19, she sued and it was it was national national news and they had to pay her off. So we know we we had it confirmed. And then I had 10 signed affidavits from different women who were seduced in some way or another um, uh, by him, uh, anywhere from seduced to worse than that. And so I had this I understand his mind explosions like how in the world. Does someone who's involved in, in, in the things I would tell you he was involved in are even worse than those, if you can imagine. And it, it's you almost have to get a cleansing prayer after hearing it. But it's like, Lord, how can you use him in that way? He's like, well, I'm responding to the hunger and need of my people. And the fact that at those moments he is speaking truth and so truth has its own reward. And so that's just something to 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 be aware and not to be uh, too freaked out about. But also, if you think it's impossible for someone who's functioned in what seems like the anointing to also be uh, endangering their own own soul, um, it's very possible. It's very possible. It, just go to Jesus' 12 disciples. If you understand, he gave the 12 power. He sent them all. And it said they all came back saying, 
how they had authority. The demons were subject to them. They were all healing. So Judas was healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons. And he's one that betrayed the son of God himself. And so there's that capability. And it's just a good time as any for that lesson to be out there for all of us is that it doesn't mean that because someone has been used by God with power and presence, anointing or anything, that the rest of their life is in order. Judas, the whole time he's doing that, he is actually plotting how to force this thing into a national nationalistic mm. movement. And so it didn't go the way he wanted. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of that's conjecture in some kind of ways, but it becomes pretty obvious. So yeah. both in my personal experience and in what we've seen, it's, it's not to be a surprise to you um, if someone who has operated in what, their anointing, their gifting, which are given the callings are without repentance. So it's on them. That that does not mean it's impossible for them to do dastardly things. Believe mm-hmm. me, I have a whole list. It's I, I mean, I think we all do. And I mean, I'm 68, just hit 68. I remember there's a guy that was in the vineyard. It wasn't John Wimber, but another guy. I won't name him. And I used to tell my wife, I said, if Jesus were on the earth, he would look like that guy. And I named him. He would act like that guy. He would be that guy. I'd watch him talk to people after between services. He was just Jesus-like. I find out he was having affair after affair after affair, and he had to fall from grace big time uh, for him, you know, for his own sin. And in my case, I had elevated him not with some bad motive. I just honored the guy. I loved. I just thought I was discerning Jesus, and it, it wasn't that. Right. So. You know, if we don't lose a few people along the way to, that we elevated, I don't know, maybe maybe not trying too hard, but hard enough because people are going to let you down. Anyway, I'll go ahead. Yeah. And- so let me just hit some um, and stick on the points for uh, Billy Graham because some are wanting yeah. just some details. So three weeks of empty seats. Um, William Randolph Hearst sends out a word to all his media. It's two, a two word um, note to all all the publications that are under him, all the newspapers, all the cities, and it says Puff Graham, and it meant build him up. He would later always also add Puff YFC, which is Youth Youth for Christ, which was Billy Graham's uh, future and his organization. So that got uh, puffed up. And so when the next night, after three weeks of empty seats, there's all of a sudden scores of media um, there. Billy Graham's like, What's up? He literally asked, what's this all about? He says, you've just been kissed by William Randolph Hearst. Wow. So, so you have a 33rd degree Mason temp, Knights of Malta guy that decides we want to advance that. And I heard, and again, I, I, I don't have like I'm, the books behind, I, I just believe it. This, this is true that he actually funded, it's multiple reported that he funded Billy Graham's Crusades for three years. Um, it, whether he did it directly with money, which I think is what it did, or just by the newspaper still talking positively about him, he clearly um, was advanced in that kind of way. And uh, within a few sh- short years, Henry uh, L-U-C-E, I forget this, if it's Lucci, how do you say that last name? Henry Luce, he's the founder of, um, of Time Magazine, Life, Sports Illustrated. Uh, he oh, was... Wow. He was considered the most influential, here he is, the most influential American of his day. Um, and and so 
he, uh, interestingly enough, Henry Lucy was born in China. He's the founder of Sports Illustrated, Time, Life, Fortune, hmm. uh, and he's the one that put Billy Graham on the cover. So you have these figures putting Billy Graham on the front of their papers and magazines, and they are like the two dominant names of media in the United States. You ask hmm. yourself a question, um, and neither one showed any, you know, uh, love for Christ themselves. And, and you just like, why? What's going? What's going on here? I'm just, uh, I'll just throw that out for hmm. uh, uh, right now. For the next eight weeks, again, three weeks, like nobody shows up. Next eight weeks, he had three hundred and fifty thousand at his. Uh, at his, are you at kidding? His events. Oh, no, man. much of Hollywood. He became a Hollywood sweetheart, and so Hollywood uh, stars um, began to um, come to Jesus as well. And so, uh, you know, he was a hit in Hollywood circles. In he in 1950, he opened his own Burbank movie studio. He Gee. has a star in Hollywood Walk of Fame. Billy Graham does. He does. Oh. He's only one of four. Uh, private citizens in the United States to have had to lie in state in the rotunda in, in, in uh, Washington, DC. Wow. And so, um, wow. you know, th- he, he had, here's just some questionable thing. He had these lifelong friendships, but particularly with George Bush senior. And even in their eighties, they're spending a week together in Kennebunkport, Maine in George, they had a friendship. Well, George Bush was for sure senior, a uh, 33 degree Mason in the higher. And if you really look at what we now know about him, he might be one of the most evil um, men on the planet the last hundred years. And you're like, why are they friends? Um, and so these are these are questions uh, that are out there. We know he worked to derail J.F. Kennedy um, and J.F. Kennedy's um uh, uh, presidential advancement. Who was, who worked to derail Kennedy? Um, Billy Graham. Oh, he did. Oh, that's interesting. He was very, and he 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 was very pro-war in his support with um, Lyndon B. Johnson. He wasn't just pro-war with Nixon, the Vietnam War. He literally there. This is in these tapes, the Nixon tapes that came out years later. Yeah. Is conversations with him and Billy Graham, where Billy Graham says, "Come on, let's." finished this with the blaze. I don't know. It was a blaze of glory or whatever. And there's a bombing campaign. And so Nixon even tells him that it'll probably take out a million people if you do it. And, 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 and Billy Graham still um, is like, it would be justified. And so he wasn't just there in a passive kind of commentary or, uh, you know, he's there for them. Um, And so these are look into, again, those are having trouble this right now. Just look into, I'm telling you some things that since I know about them and I've discovered them, I won't even tell you the bigger things that I know about. Um, I'm just telling you some of these things are are to be um, noted and a couple more. So, um, you know, we know that by later in life, uh, um, he, he... Billy Graham stated it was possible that individuals who didn't even know the name of Jesus were saved and would be in heaven. And this is not, this is easy to find. This is clearly out there. Um, He said, if enough, it's enough. If they believed in their heart, there was a God. 
Now, this may, some of you may be on one side or the other of that, but if you think he was the one that made being born again the clear message, he literally, um, for, for many years, the latter years of his, uh, of his ministry, he, and, and to many, in many conversations he had with individuals, he, he said that, you know, there may be people saved that didn't even know the name of Jesus. And this is a quote from him. I used to believe that pagans in far off countries uh, were, I actually put, I didn't write the whole things, were loose um, and were going to hell. I no longer believe that. I believe that there are other ways of recognizing the existence of God through nature, for instance. So mm. he's saying someone through recognizing the nature of God and in nature, the existence of God in nature could make it there. And we're told Jesus is the door and the only way through. We can have conversations about, well, what about someone who's never heard of Jesus? Yeah. And so I'm not going to make a big point. I'm just going to tell you that's what's, what's out there. Hmm. Um, So there's a person named Kath as to stuff regarding his potential possible masonry affiliation. Kathy Burns was, uh, she's a past director of the BGEA, the Billy Graham Evangelical Association. She wrote a book, Billy Graham and His Friends, and and she told how the leadership she named individual after individual um, were um, high degree Masons. Really? William Watson, director of the BGEA, was Freemason. David McConnell, director of the BGEA, was Freemason. So Director of the Billy Graham... Yeah. Association with the Freeman. All of these are when you say just yeah, or, a whole list of names. I just yeah. put a couple William Watson, David McConnell. And so uh, then there's another author, Robert Morey, M-O-R-E-Y. He examined a file in the Scottish Rites House of Temple and uh, was um, it, it was confirmed there. Billy Graham's name was um, mentioned there. It's also known that as and those who are masons as they progress in the masonic matter there are concerns that different ones begin having is like is this really christian because it's not clear that they're uh, directing it to the god that they assume they are and they tell them a common thing to say is well billy graham is one and so this is what makes them uh, feel bad this this should be like so known that if any the honest ones out there could could let us know that as well. There's an author, Jim Shaw, in a book, Deadly Deception. So authors, Jim Shaw, where he tells how he was inducted into the 33rd degree Masons because he left it afterwards telling and he's a, he, he did a tell all on it. Of course, he got smashed and blasted, but he in it, he and originally put that Billy Graham was in that meeting, but then he was forced by the publisher Huntington House so he says there was an internationally prominent evangelist that was present. If you even try to think of who that would be without knowing that information, you, you would have hardly yeah. anybody else that you could put there. And um, But he verified that on several occasions after the fact. And you must know that only high level Masons were allowed. Only that level Masons were allowed in the induction ceremonies of the 33rd degree Mason, because this is now where it's a whole new whole new set of rules. So didn't just make these up out of nothing. There is Albert Mackey's book, The History of Freemasonry. 
the name of the book is The History of Freemasonry, Albert Mackey, M-A-C-K-E-Y. In the sleeve, it um, it cites Billy Graham as a known Mason in the organization. Uh, back to the Hearst family, they were an Illuminati family background. Uh, the publishing company was all made up of Freemasons. They had a connection with Armand Hammer. Armand Hammer connected with Billy Graham and actually opened up the nations around the world, anywhere he wanted to go. It was, it was secret society individuals of power that um, got him in. Good friends with Norman Vincent Peale. Those who didn't know that, he was a high-level Mason mm. as well. And um, so... You know, it begs to ask the question, was Billy Graham's influence um, uh, allowed to infiltrate and penetrate Christianity with a neutered model of Christianity? That's just a a question, because um, if you understand Freemasonry is about control and the secret societies are all about control and how to control society. And they understand if you don't control the religion aspect of it, you can't control it at all. So, and when they see a model, they go like, that doesn't, you have to understand that raise your hand, Christianity, what I call crusade, raise your hand if you want to go to heaven, does not threaten the enemy on planet Mm. Earth. Um, Because especially if you connect it to the message of Billy Graham, Evangelical Association, you know, the left behind movie, uh, the, um, like a thief in the night, that he's coming like a thief in the night, make sure you get your fire insurance. And so when you have that message being advanced, they are not threatened by it. If Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against them. If the church is not uh, planning on exercising anything, they're not, you know, their queenship, their royalship, they're, they're going to just be the pawns there. Then they want that message advanced. They don't really care. I'll say it again. The enemy doesn't care if a billion more souls are in heaven. His assignment is to stop the rule and reign of the kingdom of God on earth. Mm. That's the thing we have to, it's a rude awakening, I understand. That's why we have to say this is a rude awakening. And for those, for those of you that this is really making uncomfortable, it's a rude awakening to what has called, caused us to be docile, passive, neutered. And it has to do with an advancement and a championing of a certain brand of Christianity because it wasn't just, uh, and again, I'm not, in the moments, I'm just telling you information on Billy Graham, but he was raised as the example, like you can be a Billy Graham. Yeah. So what does it mean to be raised to be a Billy Graham? You're going to go there and offer fire insurance and not say, I'm raising up those who are going to challenge the gates of hell here here on earth. And so that's why uh, it's important. A couple more, you look up, go ahead and look up handshakes of Billy Graham. Just do your own search. There are known handshakes that the really the, the the Illuminati the Masons make at the high level the way they do their and you're going to see um, those handshakes with presidents uh, and top notch leaders as well on its own that wouldn't be enough you could say oh it's coincidental they just didn't grab each other's hands correctly or whatever but you put the stuff all together you have authors Dave Hunt Ralph Epperson who did their own investigative and they had to say they acknowledge that there's they're not admitting it, confessing it. He says, but uh, Billy Graham essentially is not a, a, a perfect quote, but has Billy Graham has unexplainable relationship with the Masons if he's not one of them, because he was still he was so advanced, protected, funded, financed um, by them. Read Fritz 
Springmeyer's book, Be Wise as Serpents. And there's a whole lot of things that are uncomfortable truths for us, but there's a, an actual letter that can't be denied that Billy Graham wrote to uh, Jean Dixon. If you remember uh, Jean Dixon, she was um, um, a psychic. She was a psychic counsel to presidents as well. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. The top medium in the in I the remember United. that name now that you say that. And so what did he say in this le letter? So in this letter, I read the whole letter and he he said, well, there's a quote. You are a woman of God. And he spoke of gift of prophecy. Uh, he spoke of a gift of prophecy and basically was saying that's what she had. She's a gift of prophecy and you are a woman of God. And so it's just so known that that's not what how she was functioning. It was the fake prophetic yeah. and she never tried to align with the holy spirit or as a gift of the holy spirit or anything um like that so y'all get the uh, um got the idea uh, on that there's i could give more proofs and again the proof that i have the strongest ones of um i'm not laying out i'm just gonna for those of you out there because there's a lot of you out there that already knew this and you're saying why aren't you telling the rest of it i'm just gonna say okay um this is stuff you research on your own. I'm not going to say anything. It would be too explosive. You already can't handle what I've already told you. But look up abuse survivors Kay Sullivan, uh, Fiona Barnett, Bryce Taylor, Kathy Fox. And, and yes, we have, we have a wonderful, um, you know, a disclaimer in the body of Christ is if someone's a man of God, then everybody's out to get him. And so there's everybody. So there's I'm used to watching this for years back to our own situation. We were in 30 years ago in this church out of Atlanta, Georgia, where nobody believed, even though I had 10 signed affidavits of women of what had happened to them. No, it's the man of God. And so the women are after and, and they're doing this and they're lying. And so we have this, uh, you know, we just we have a tendency to not believe those who are uh, are telling on them. Because we're like, no, there's too much anointing, too much presence. There's too much buzz around them. It can't mm. be. It can't be. And I'm just saying my position, I've found the women to almost always be telling the truth. And so it's wow. in the high 90s. And on those four names that you read, are those in a particular book? Or are they just supposed to Google those names? They're in separate books. Okay. And, and, you know, there's one of them. We'll talk if those who've heard of the Bohemian Grove. And and so there is out of San Francisco and they will talk of an encounter with Billy Graham in the Bohemian Grove. And it's it, it is the next level. They're not all uh, together in one book. Therefore, uh, these names are ones you look up and you and, and they will tell of the next level of uh, uh, of things that bring in question. Um, uh, again, the character of Billy Graham. Having said that, I don't know. Um, I, I'm, I'm not even my, my main beef, even when presenting is the, is the doctrine that he advanced, um, for the body of Christ yeah. that he allowed to be championed, that he allowed to go to the next level, that he allowed to be the de facto default, um, narrative for the body of Christ and why we've been so neutered that we've given up our society. And now it takes, you know, it's like the bold, uh, the, the the Gideon's 300, the reformer minded ones, the ones that say we're going to go challenge the enemy. 
We should have never been born into a world where we didn't believe we were born to challenge the gates of hell wherever they're at. And that comes from multi-generationally programming and funding from um, uh, the secret societies that want us to stay muted. And so that is my purpose in bringing it out. I, I uh, again, whoever came to the Lord under his ministry, again, he gets rewarded, Billy Graham does, and um, you are not to throw it out. But there is an aspect of those type, uh, and this is going to be controversial again, those type of spiritual birthings, I consider to be a little bit of birth defects mm. in the sense of, just just say someone who decides, you know, we all know we were pro-life. And so we want someone, you know, babies born. Let's say somebody is, is, is producing babies all over the place, but they know that in, in, in what they're releasing into that baby is some weakness, some, um, um, some generational uh, deficiency where that baby's going to, um, I, I want to say it this way. Um, well, I got to be careful how I, how I, I pose mm. these things, but we'll just say if it's, if you're born into being a servant, when you're called to be born into being Kings, that's the point we've been making all year. He has made us Kings and priests to our God, but we are victims and pawns waiting for Jesus to rescue us. If that's the narrative you're born into, mm. um, at some point, you know, there's, there's a built-in damage. It's sort of like, uh, uh, an autoimmune uh, deficiency, yeah. that a spiritual autoimmune deficiency we're born with. And so the Lord wants me to hit that hard. He has me trumpeting a message that says, we have got to recognize that was a distortion. We have to go in a different direction. The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for our children. There is no thinking in any of those songs we were singing, getting ready today, moving out tomorrow. What about your kids? What about your grandkids? The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for our children and our grandchildren. We have to awaken to the fact that we bought into a measly uh, narrative that had us uh, believing we're going to escape having to stand up and face anything. And so we, we, uh, you know, we, we, we went for the path of least resistance. We embraced it. We loved it. And it was championed by, by people who seemingly were, were God. Uh, God-fearing people, and and whether they were or were not, whether they're deceived or they're, uh, you know, from the depths of who they are, where they were carriers of the distortion, that's something we want to be aware of. There, it's known that yeah. Billy Graham, um, he he was a strong connection with the Jesuits and the Roman Catholics, mm. and he was working hard, and and um, uh, you know, it, it, there was a working towards. Even the, those who took cheap shots at him for his ecumenism, I, I, I fault them a little bit because they'll go after anybody who's for for unity. And there's a there's a point where I believe it's good. You know, there is John 17 that he wants us all to be one. But then this there was something there was something not motivated by John 17. There was motivated by this ruling class of Illuminati, where again. Their goal is to have a one. Here's the deal. This is just as clear as can be. There cannot be a one world government without a one world religion. So the only way to have a one world religion is to have key people. And you have to have them so spotless. The reason it's so hard to believe anything about Billy Graham is because 
the media made sure nothing stuck on him. And so he's considered um, just, you know, the untouchable. He was pure hearted. He was, you know, he had this thing. Uh, he, he would tell his own standards for purity. And so, you know, he knew how to champion the things that were supposed to be championed uh, correctly. And, and um, it, you know, it's, it's just we want to wake up to the fact that this is how the pre-trib rapture message got, um, uh, got advanced. I'm looking at the time too, uh, Steve. The pre-trib rapture, um, and I'll just say it this way in short. Um, the pre-trib rapture, there's what it is, and then there's what it brings about. That's what you mm. always know. What does it bring about? So the pre-trib rapture brings about uh, a thought that says, let the world go to pot, let the world go to hell, because that accelerates Jesus' return. And you heard that from the commentary we brought from John MacArthur. We lose here. I've talked about J. Vernon McGee before. I grew up listening to him. He's like, there's no sense polishing the brass on the Titanic. It's going down. So like, don't try to make things better. Don't be salt. Don't be light. Don't challenge the gates of hell. Uh, so the pre-trib rapture goes to let the world go to hell, because if you stop that, if you make things better, then it's going to be a longer time before we see Jesus. Wow. So, and then the takeaway from that is don't contest the devil in society. Um, so anyway, just this is an important enough deal that the Lord um, wants this brought out. Feel him even now just telling me is like, don't back. He's, he's telling me in my head right now, the Holy Spirit, don't back off what you're saying. Like this, is, I mean, this is a hard wake up call for the body of Christ. And those, uh, uh, you know, those who uh, were saved under him, stay in that grace, move forward, advance. And you don't have to overprocess um, that aspect of it. You know, if I can add too, because we are at that time. But I mean, if 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 the worst of the worst happens and you finally come to the conclusion that he was led completely astray and he was on the wrong path and and bad things happen in his life. But you got saved. First of all, you said, you know, take joy in your salvation. It was real. But the thing is, a number of months ago, if not a couple of years by now, he fell in my sight. I understood what you were saying. And I thought, oh, so he was not the man I always thought he was. That was my personal thing. Guess what? I'm still walking with the Lord. I'm still praising God. I'm still leading people to the Lord. I'm still serving the Lord. You don't don't have to lose your way with the Lord because a man falls in your sight. And so that's why don't make this a deal breaker if you know because you're not gonna you're gonna only see good about him, so you don't care. Anyway, I don't want to give just blow the I know we're ahead. past time. Yeah, go and, for it. Um, go Jesus, for it. That's what the prophet prophet uh, intercessor Esther Victoria was saying. Blow the trumpet in Zion, blow the trumpet in Zion, yeah. blow the trumpet in Zion. If you hear that Zion. For us is the body of Christ yeah. is for the queen on the chessboard to arise. And so it was rise, but arise, as she was saying. So this goes into mm -hmm. a sound from heaven to go into your mm -hmm. spirits, to continue to cause you to arise uh, above whatever lesser narrative uh, that you've ever embraced before into you being mm -hmm. who God has called you to be. We want to see the mighty women, mighty men of God. Um, activated because there's been a mm -hmm. ruling made. The gavel has uh, has been delivered 
the order from heaven. It's time for the saints, the kingdom to be given to the saints. So let's arise to that. That's learned. That's learned. Well, John, right, we got to go. Yeah, good word. Thank you so much today. Yeah, we, we have a second show to do after not that long. So I appreciate you um, bringing people up to speed on the whole thing. And uh, hopefully, if we, whatever questions we get, we'll see if we've kind of covered it this time uh, or, or if there's something else we need to bring at another time. But uh, hopefully, that'll help people. All right, uh, now we're going to uh, tape uh, Roger Stone this afternoon for tomorrow. So don't miss Roger Stone tomorrow in the morning. We're taping him shortly and uh, have a great day today and we will see you all in the morning. See you later. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.